Hello, everyone. An inspiration came to me today regarding the kingdom of heaven. Actually, it has been something that the Lord has been working with me on for several weeks. And I thought I would make a podcast on it because maybe it'll be an inspiration for you. I was focusing on the kingdom of heaven. I've been going through some serious health issues. And God, by his great power, has guided me with his Holy Spirit to research in the Bible things about healing. Well, I came across something very interesting regarding the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 3, 2 um, says, John the Baptist declared, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Every time John talked about the kingdom of heaven, he also made an association and connection to the Lord. In Matthew 3, 3, he says, this is he who has, who was spoken Through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. In Matthew 4.23, Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So here we see an association from John the Baptist talking about the kingdom of heaven and then identifying Jesus, prepare the way for the Lord and make straight paths for him. Then Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching about the good news of the kingdom of heaven, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So there is a huge correlation between the kingdom of heaven and healing every disease. Matthew 5.3 states in the Beatitudes, um, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now the poor in spirit are those who struggle spiritually. Remember, Jesus said, I came to save the sinners, not the righteous. I came to save the sinners. So the kingdom of heaven is something we struggle with in our process of healing and to know God. Matthew 6, 33 and Luke 12, 31 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. In Matthew eleven, twelve, it says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. So there's something amazing about this kingdom of heaven from the days of John the Baptist. We look at Matthew 12, 28, and Jesus was in a conversation with the Pharisees. And they argued with him about what power he was using to drive out demons. And he got them on the spot. He says, if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So already, not only has the kingdom been forcefully advancing, and forceful men lay hold of it, but it is right there. And further, he says, in Matthew 13, 11, he answers privately, Um, to his disciples why he speaks in parables. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Because keep in mind, he was fulfilling the scriptures of Isaiah that say that their hearts would be closed, their eyes would be closed, and their ears would not hear. Um, So he spoke in parables to people. Keep in mind also that people were very simple back then, and many of them had no education. They couldn't read. They couldn't write. So they relied on stories. Jesus relied on these parables to be able to break things down very, very simple, things that they could see in their everyday life. He would talk about sowing seeds. He would talk about uh, sheep, and he would talk about goats and all of this. He 
brought things down to a very simple level for the masses of people to understand. He explained in the parable, uh, the parable privately in Matthew thirteen thirty-seven: the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. So he's planting seeds in us about this kingdom. Matthew thirteen thirty-one says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, it becomes the largest tree. Matthew sixteen twenty-eight. I tell you the truth, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Right after that, six days later, there was a transfiguration that occurred. In Matthew 17, 1 through 3, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and led them up high on a mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as the light. So we know that there's something amazing about this advancing kingdom. Jesus said in Luke 12, 31, 32, Seek his kingdom. And these things will be added to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. So God is giving the kingdom. He's giving it 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked the earth. It says here in Luke 17, 20, 21, The kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. So right within us is this amazing, powerful kingdom of God. Now, we're the first fruits, those uh, the saints that were in the past from 2,000 years ago that laid down the foundation, the first fruits of this Christian faith. And we are still now the seeds being planted here on this earth It is so important to know that the kingdom of heaven is already inside us because of Jesus, because of what he did, and it will merge in union with the kingdom of God when God comes and Jesus returns to the earth. John 3.3 says, No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And in verse 5, he says, No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and spirit. Well, we have the baptism which is the water, and the Spirit is the Holy Spirit. So already our names are on that kingdom of heaven, and it is already inside of us. Jesus said in John eighteen thirty six, My kingdom is not of this world. So we have to realize that although we live in the world, we are not of it. And that kingdom of heaven is already inside of us. Do you know what that means? There's no sickness in the kingdom of heaven. There's no illness. There's no gossip, there's no hate, there's no anger, there's love, there's fellowship, there's abiding in God's love, there's joy, there's happiness, there's wellness. And through understanding that the kingdom of heaven is within me, I am also protected by its gates. I'm protected. And there are legions of angels there for us. This means we have amazing, amazing power given to us from on high. The kingdom of heaven is within us. This is a very powerful thing to realize and live by. Children, we are walking 
in the kingdom of heaven in our daily lives. We have to manifest that kingdom of heaven to live within its gates, to live in that joy, to live in that wellness, to live in that healing. So if you are seeking healing, you know, Jesus, when he healed, he never looked at a disease and said, don't be crippled, don't be paralyzed. He said, be well, rise up and walk, be healed. When we move into healing, we are moving into wellness. We are moving into that confidence. It's that faith and focus. And all of that comes through because the Holy Spirit is in us, granted through the blood of Jesus, through the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we receive. Therefore, we also walk in the kingdom while we're walking on earth. I hope you lay hold of this and and embrace it in the depths of your heart and soul. Colossians 1, 12 and 13, give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light, for he has rescued, past tense, rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. I wish you all blessings and I wish you a wonderful day and to embrace the wonderful truth that Christ has given us. Take care. Bye. Hi, everyone. This is Tina. In my first podcast on the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, we covered some wonderful things about the kingdom of heaven. I want to continue with how to stay and walk in that kingdom of heaven while you're living on earth. Remember, in John 3, 3 and 5, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And in verse 5, no one can enter into the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and spirit. And we talked about baptism and the repentance of sin and being born again through Christ. John eighteen thirty six. Jesus says, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest. My kingdom is from another place. So remember, that kingdom of heaven we talked about, Jesus had said, it's in you already once you accept him. Because in Luke seventeen twenty and 21, he says, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. So how do we maintain that kingdom of God in us? In Luke eighteen sixteen. We read, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Now that might sound easy, but it isn't. Acts 14.22 We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Luke 16, 16, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached and everyone is forcing his way into it. So we see that it comes by effort and force for us to grow into that kingdom that's already within us. So we read in Colossians 1, 10 through 17, bear fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and the joyful giving 
thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redeemed the forgiveness of sins. So we know we've been rescued from the dominion of darkness, because Jesus said his kingdom is not of this world. And we have been sharing in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. To continue, verse 15 of Colossians 1, He, which is Christ, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And to continue, Colossians 1.19, God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, which is Jesus Christ, and through him to reconcile himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his bloodshed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your own minds, because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through the death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. So here's our hope. We've been wiped clean. And now that kingdom of heaven that Jesus said is within us, we lay hold of that and we grow in that knowledge. Colossians 2, 2 through 4 says, Be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they, or you, may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they, you, may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all treasures and knowledge, and do not be deceived by fine-sounding arguments. So even though we are working in the world, we actually are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And we have to work side by side with people who may not understand this. And we have to be patient and loving, for there are many times in our own lives we were exactly like others. And we are still growing, and God is working through other people, whether we recognize it or not. He's not finished with them, and he won't be finished with them until he knows he's finished with them, which is really not our business. Our business is what God is doing within us, individually. That's where our work with Christ is concerned. Colossians 2, 8 and 10, and 13 and 14 says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition or the basic principles of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you have been given the fullness in Christ who is the head over every power and authority. God made you alive in Christ. He forgave us our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, 
he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. In Colossians 3, 1 through 5, 8 through 10, 12 through 14, it says, Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly or this worldly things. You died, and now your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So this is great advice for us to put the earthly mind away. This includes getting into sophisticated arguments with people about God, about religion, about politics, all of these things that preoccupy us and act as hooks that keep us on this darker plane. We need to rise above and remember who we are in the kingdom of heaven, even as we walk the earth. So Colossians 3, to continue, verse 5, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil, desires, and greed, which is idolatry, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Don't lie to each other. Be renewed in the knowledge, in the image of the Creator. Verse 12, clothe yourself. And here are seven qualities of the kingdom of heaven. Clothe clothe yourself in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Forgive others as the Lord forgave you. And put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. These are the qualities, the wardrobe that we wear as citizens in the kingdom of heaven, though we still walk the earth. Colossians three fifteen through 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were and are called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom And as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is how we bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, through us, through our heart of gratitude, through these wonderful virtues we bring to earth. Now, let me tell you something. When you look around the earth and you see these law of survival, how animals kill each other for survival, you can go down to the smallest microbe and you will see one little microbe amoeba attacking another to eat, to live off of it. This world, Jesus said, he is not from this world. This is a predatory world. And we are here laying force on bringing here the kingdom of heaven to earth, through us. So, be hopeful and be strong and understand the great work you're doing. And don't let this world hook you into its lower thoughts. Remember, have gratitude in your heart and wear all of these things, the compassion, the kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness of others as Jesus forgave you and put all of it in love which binds them all together in unity. Galatians 5.22, the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, 
peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are eight qualities, if you also include it, bound together with love. And whatever you do, Colossians 3, 23 through 24 says, Whatever you do, work it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So devote yourself Colossians 4.2 says, Devote yourself to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. And let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. When you feel severely challenged, Philippians 3.13 says, Forget what is behind and strain towards what is ahead. This is so important when we feel challenged, when we feel like we're surrounded by things of this world that bring us down. Remember, forget what is behind and strain towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which Christ has called me, heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is what Philippians 3.13 says. We have to live up to what we've already attained. Philippians 4.8 says, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So we have to edify one another. We have to remember that we are walking on earth as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. God has planted you here for a reason. Be encouraged. Stay away from gossip and anything negative. Be as positive and as loving as you can. Don't judge others. Remember, God has his hand in everything. He knows everything that is going on with other people around you and in you. Make your way path straight and clear and be that good citizen of heaven while you walk this earth. And he will encourage you and be by you and help you in every way. And he will help those around you in ways that you can't even imagine. So be hopeful, be faithful, be strong, and endure with peace and love. I wish you all well, and I hope this podcast was a blessing for you. Take care till next time. Bye-bye.